Ladies and gentlemen, your resident retrosexual is back. That's right. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and you've downloaded the latest episode of Kicking Out of Two over at SoundCloud.com. Thank you all so very much for hitting that download button and joining me this week as we got a very fun show planned for you. Uh, we're going to deviate from the norm a little bit and uh, get in touch with our feminine side this week as my good buddy Dennis J. Levy is going to sit down and he's going to help me... Uh, educate all of you on the origins and the backstory of the original gorgeous ladies of wrestling not the netflix tv show but the originals uh dennis is going to talk about some of his fondest memories growing up watching glow in a house with all women the youngest of four siblings his three older sisters introduced him to professional wrestling with glow and you're going to get to hear dennis's story about how that all unfolded in just a bit but before we do that uh, it's been a while since we've uh, we've done a little roll call here and addressed some things that have taken place in the world of professional wrestling. And there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on this past week, so why don't we get into it? Uh, first of all, top story, going to get it out of the way. The controversial WWE Crown Jewel event set to take place on November the 2nd live on the WWE Network emanating from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And if you're wondering why this event is so controversial, if you've been keeping score on the news lately, there was a uh, Saudi Arabian journalist who is a contributor to the Washington Post here in the United States who was allegedly lured to the consulate in, in Turkey by the prince of Saudi Arabia and then murdered and dismembered with a bone saw. And now there's a public outcry from United States senators and politicians and wrestling fans and the media all wanting WWE to break this deal they have with the Saudi Arabian government, cancel that crown jewel event, possibly relocate it to another country, or they just want WWE to stay as far away from Saudi Arabia as possible, and obviously for, you know, safety concerns. And WWE has a lucrative deal with that government, um, a billion-dollar deal that's set to take place over the course of a decade uh, with WWE producing major events from that country. And obviously, you know, I get where WWE is at because it's a legal binding agreement for a lot of money. But morally, I mean, for safety concerns, I wouldn't be sending a crew over there if I found out that like a journalist from the United States was was murdered and dismembered. I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, having my talent, my roster go over there and try and entertain that culture. Uh, you know, I, I get it from. Like I said, I get it from a financial perspective that WWE is making a lot of money. And I'm not rationalizing why they're still, they still haven't pulled out of this show yet. I'm not whatsoever. Um, I, I can picture Vince McMahon and the, the, the top brass within WWE all saying, you know what? Let's go over there and be the change that that culture needs. Let's let's be the, one of the first entertainment entities to to help give that culture a new way of life, you know. And and it, from a public relations standpoint, it would be great for WWE if something like that were to happen. And obviously, you know, it, it would have to take some time. It wouldn't just be something that's going to change overnight for sure. But um, 
I mean, yeah, safety-wise, I just I don't feel comfortable. I didn't really feel comfortable with them going through with this deal to begin with. I mean, like I said, I understood it, stood it from a monetary standpoint, but, I mean, they don't let the women wrestle, and women over there in that country, they get treated like second-class citizens. They just started letting them drive recently. Um, women were only allowed to attend that last show that they did in April, the Greatest Royal Rumble. They were only allowed to attend with their spouses, and they had to sit, like, way in the upper deck. They couldn't even be seen on camera. I mean, morally, there's a lot of hypocrisy um, that's, uh, you know, taking place with when it comes to WWE and this deal that they have with the Saudi Arabian government. But as of right now, they still plan to go over there and, and put on this show. And from what I've been reading, a lot of the talent have strong concerns about going over there. A lot of them don't want to go. So, uh, you know, we'll see how this all unfolds. But as of right now, as of this recording, they still plan to go to uh, Saudi Arabia to put on this crown jewel event. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, knowing what took place, um, I would kind of have a hard time watching the event on the WWE Network personally. I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm not going to get too, like I said, I'm not going to get too involved into this subject, but um, if it were me, I'd be like, all right, guys, let's find a way to compromise and, 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 and come up with a, a, a better plan here to, you know, for, for our safety and to make all parties happy. Um, I'm sure WWE from a legal standpoint is trying to figure out what they can and can't do when it comes to this deal. Is there some sort of contingency in their contract with the government over there in the event that a, a, an event like this would take place? Um, I'm sure, you know, WWE didn't anticipate, you know, um, someone being murdered uh, whatsoever. But, um, you know, time will tell how, how this situation continues to unfold. And I'm just going to leave it at that because, like I said, I don't do politics. And, you know, this, this subject has been talked about to death. But bottom line is I wouldn't want to go and I wouldn't want my talent to go. So I don't think WWE should be sending their roster over there to do this show after knowing what has taken place. And I'll leave it at that. Continuing with the roll call this week, um, the rumor mill has been busy when it comes to Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, the villain Marty Skrull, and Hangman Adam Page. As uh, some rumors have surfaced this week of their uh, their issues with management within New Japan Pro Wrestling, resulting in their exodus from the company at the end of this year. Uh, we all know that uh, you know their contracts are set to expire at the end of 2018, early 2019. Uh, Omega is set for a, uh, a, a IWGP heavyweight title defense at the upcoming Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-view event against uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And so, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's talk that these guys are WWE bound. Now, there's been talk that they've been going to go to the WWE since before All In took place, before this story um, emerged. And... Uh, I personally think that this is one big, giant, elaborate ruse from New Japan Pro Wrestling Management and these guys. I mean, I can't see all these guys um, leaving 
to go to WWE after what they've accomplished in this last year. The endorsement deals with Hot Topic and Funko Pops, uh, you know, the, the all-in event, the creative freedom that they have, the schedule that they that, that they partake in, uh, making just as much money, if not more, than working for WWE, but in a more rigorous schedule. I can't see them leaving all of that to go work for the WWE, who allegedly micromanages their talent and doesn't allow their talent the creative freedom that these guys have on the independent scene i just can't see them leaving right now i really can't and i think that this is a big storyline that's set to unfold and really shoot new japan into 2019 um tamatanga who's a member of the bullet club firing squad he's had some on-screen issues with these guys from the elite he's had some on-screen issues with new japan pro wrestling management in the last several months on their television programs and he's been playing it up to i really feel like this is one big giant work and a lot of these fans are getting worked into a shoot and i just don't see them leaving right now so that's my take on that and speaking of shoots austin aries is allegedly done with impact wrestling after this sunday's bound for glory event it was uh aries and johnny impact in the main event for the impact world heavyweight championship and uh johnny impact came away with the victory after his uh, infamous starship pain finisher finishing off austin aries and after the match was over aries no sold it gets up and flips don Callis the bird and walks out and according to uh pd williams uh via a uh, interview with uh, wrestlezone.com he had you know prior knowledge that austin aries contract had expired after bound for glory and he would not be re-signing uh, allegedly from what i've been reading aries had some behind the scenes issues with don Callis, who is one of the uh top members of management within impact wrestling and they tried to incorporate that into this storyline um toppled with the fact that uh aries had some issues with johnny impact uh some social media beef i guess and they tried to parlay that into this storyline and uh it's just you can't tell whether it's a shoot or whether it's a work and i could really care less but um if it was a shoot it was very unprofessional on aries part uh you know to, to flip off callus and walk out the way he did and not show the proper respect um to to uh, johnny impact uh as he was leaving the company so um you know aries this isn't the first time he's been you know um on the bad side of an organization on the way out the door uh he left wwe and he was not very nice and the things that he had to say about them and how they used his character and he didn't feel like they used him to his full potential and he's very high on his abilities and don't get me wrong he's a talented son of a bitch that guy can go in the ring and he's very good on the mic but i mean the sun does not rise and set with austin aries when it comes to professional wrestling he thinks it does he, he thinks it certainly does but i don't so um we'll see what happens happens you know time will tell when it comes to aries i wouldn't be surprised if he goes back wouldn't be surprised if he re-signs his deal or if this is just some big giant work to get us all talking who knows like i said when it came to the bullet club thing you know it, it, it could be a big giant work who knows but um if it was a shoot very unprofessional on aries part and uh Moving on with our roll call here. How about that Ronda Rousey promo Monday night on Raw? Holy shit, man. Uh, she's definitely come a long way uh, from where she started earlier this year in WWE, becoming more comfortable with her microphone skills. Obviously, her, her in-ring ability, she has continued to improve. And uh, for all you Ronda Rousey detractors out there who thought she wouldn't amount to anything in WWE and pro wrestling as a whole, Monday 
Sunday night should have proved to you that, you know, you're sadly mistaken. I mean, wow. To go in on the Bellas like that and bring up some personal stuff. Nikki Bella recently breaking up with John Cena and, and bringing that into her promo and just the intensity, the fire that she had. You know, she was she was on point, man. And, and the highlight of that show for me personally. And uh, I wasn't a big fan of the uh, the announcement regarding uh, her and Nikki Bella as the main event of this all women's evolution pay-per-view event set to take place. Uh, but I mean, they kind of added some intrigue to it with that with that promo from from Raw the other night, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with those two at that event coming up at the end of the month here in October. And uh, rounding out our roll call, uh, some thoughts on the SmackDown 1000th episode that took place last night. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I felt it was very underwhelming. Um, Raw, they put out all the big guns when they hit 1,000, but SmackDown, uh, not so much. I mean, uh, you know, as much as I love and respect Undertaker, they trot him out there to end the show only for him to tell Triple H and Shawn Michaels to rest in peace. I mean, uh, you know, it was just kind of silly. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, his entrance is cool and it gives people chills, you know, in the arena and even at home, but. I just thought that was a waste of time. Uh, you know, the cutting edge segment, Edge with Becky Lynch and Charlotte, I thought that was pretty solid. Uh, but, you know, for me, uh, it had to be the Evolution segment when, you know, Evolution returned or reunited and the teasing of the Triple H Batista issues. Uh, you know, all four guys, it was a hot segment, crowd was hot for it. Um, all the guys got on the mic, they praise each other and what evolution meant to them and meant to the business. And Batista, last one to cut a promo, discusses uh, you know, all his accolades and the accolades of all the other members of Evolution and really praises those guys up and down and then delivers that final line at the end, you know, and Triple H has done everything in this industry except beat me. And the place blew up and, you know, I'm sure we're going to get you know, a showdown between the two of them sometime down the line, whether it's WrestleMania next year, maybe they'll even do it at the Royal Rumble. You know, it's a big stadium show. They need a big match to help fill that stadium. So maybe they'll, they'll, they'll move it to then or who knows, maybe even Survivor Series. I mean, you, you never know um, when it comes to these events, when they're, when they're going to, uh, you know, put these big money matches down. But I've always been a big fan of Batista and Triple H's chemistry together. Um, Batista is probably one of the underrated um, rivals of Triple H's career. When people think of Triple H, they think of Shawn Michaels, they think of Undertaker, they think of Mick Foley. Um, but I love the stuff he did with Batista in 2005 when they, they broke up Evolution and they were heading to that WrestleMania. And the matches that they had following that um, were really good. I really enjoyed them and just the story in general. And I think these two, the chemistry that they have together, I think they'll put on something good despite the, you know, the fact that most wrestlers wrestling fans really don't want to see the two of them go at it at wrestlemania but um at least the crowd in dc last night on smackdown was really hot for it and definitely wouldn't mind seeing uh triple h and batista hook it up again so uh yeah that was probably the highlight for me when it came to that show because as 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 overhyped as it was um and it was certainly overhyped um there really wasn't a whole lot that really grabbed at me you know mysterio made a return defeating nakamura to qualify for that world cup uh, tournament that's set to take place at crown jewel and you know they had a good match i look forward to seeing more from the two of them hopefully uh down the line we'll see mysterio and nakamura hook it up some more but 
Yeah, that was that for me when it came to uh, SmackDown 1000. Very underwhelming and overhyped, to say the least. All right. Joining me this week, he's flying solo. He's been a part of our Guilty Pleasures. Uh, he did a watch-along with us for WCW Fall Brawl 1993 last month. Tag Team Mount Rushmore. My good buddy, Dennis J. Levy. Welcome to the program. Dave, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this week because... Um, we're going to, uh, you know, normally I'm usually leading the conversation. I'm the one with all the research and the information. I'm the one that's kind of, you know, driving the train, if you will. Um, we're going to discuss the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, the original Glow. Um, not the TV show. We're going to talk about the originals that started in the 80s. Uh, and the reason why I'm doing this show is because, uh, for well, for a couple of reasons. One, um, after hearing your story, Dennis, and we'll get into it, uh, in a little bit um, of how you became a wrestling fan. It was just extremely fascinating for me. I've heard all kinds of stories of how people watch wrestling, all different kinds of fans I've spoken to over the years, um, how they got into wrestling, who their influences were watching and growing up, and you are the single most fascinating story that I've ever heard from another wrestling fan as to how they got into wrestling. I thought it was just, it, it, it truly fascinated me. It was, it was really cool. And so so uh, that on top of the fact that this women's evolution, the WWE evolution pay-per-view that's coming up, um, you know, I'm not really crazy about the buildup and I feel like that, you know, they're recognizing a lot of the former talents um, that had, you know, performed for them. Uh, they're recognizing a lot of the, the, the older women like, you know, a, a, a Mae Young, a Fabulous Moolah, um, you know, that Mae Young tournament, uh, Sensational Sherry and, you know, the, the Tristratuses, the Litas, the Victorias and, you know, names like that. And of course, you know, trying to showcase and highlight the current crop of, of women stars in WWE like Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. But I feel like they're forgetting about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And I'm not saying that like they need to trot all these women out on TV every single week um, and, you know, honor them. And, but, you know, this, this, this glow promotion um, was the first all women's wrestling promotion on a mainstream level. They gave women the opportunity to own the spotlight and not be just seen as an attraction in professional wrestling you know during the boom period it was primarily men wrestling and you had your women as valets and maybe an occasional ladies match this this promotion was all women's matches and you know granted the wrestling wasn't top notch by any means in terms of you know bell to bell and tech from a technical standpoint but it was an opportunity and a platform for women during a time period when it wasn't very popular for them to be seen in a bigger in a bigger spotlight so i feel like wwe heading into this women's evolution paper that's going to take place in a few weeks it's just i don't think they're recognizing what the glow promotion the original glow has done for women's wrestling and what the, the, you know the 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 road that they paved so to speak um, they're recognizing a lot of the television show, and I get that because it's current and it's popular, you know, and I've watched it. I enjoy it. My wife watches it. She enjoyed it. Um, I just don't feel like they're giving the original girls enough love. And so that's why I wanted to do this show today, uh, mainly because, you know, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge surrounding this. You do. 
you are my resident gorgeous ladies of wrestling uh, expert, historian, if you will. So um, I am definitely going to need your help. And there's research I have here on my phone. And if there's things that don't make sense to you that, you know, you need to correct me on, by all means, you won't offend me. You know, if, if you got to call bullshit on it, you call bullshit on it. So yep. I definitely want, you know, I, you, I'm going to kind of drive, but you're going to be giving me a lot of the directions. Yep. So when it, when it comes to this subject, um, now, let's get into your story for a little bit. You talked about it briefly on the Guilty Pleasures episode. Uh, you got into wrestling by watching Glow with your sisters. That's right. Yeah. Um, you are the youngest of, was it four siblings? Uh, yeah, yeah, three older sisters. Yeah, well, uh, youngest of four. Only okay. boy. Only boy. That's yep. a, Wow, that's that's a, a lot of estrogen yep. in out, that house. Outnumbered and outaged, yeah. So, so why don't you discuss a little bit in detail your experience growing up in a house as the only boy, the youngest of, you know, of, of, of four siblings and, you know, how you stumbled upon gorgeous ladies of wrestling. All right. So, so obviously I was last in the totem pole when it comes to TV, you know, <laughs> that, that, uh, but I think my sisters, believe it or not, that they wanted glow to be like, kind of like the mercy pick for me. Like, you know what? It's wrestling. Dennis likes wrestling. Let's just watch it with him, and you know, then we could watch whatever for the rest of the, rest of the day on Saturday. I just remember being on Saturday, Rainsley, about, about ten, eleven in the morning, and like, uh, and like, uh, and my parents—they were workaholics, so, so even on the weekends they were probably working. So, so like. So like the watch, uh, you guys were left here up to your own device. Exactly. Even yeah. though I was probably no seven-year-old kid should watch, uh, you, you know, you know, a grown woman like you know with thongs doing somersaults and all that other stuff. And sexuality, arguably, was their number one selling point. That 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 for glow. That that that, that, that uh, even above wrestling. That that. that uh, but uh, but but it was wrestling show by by definition and. Uh, and uh, and the the yeah that uh, and my sisters and I we, we got together around ten o'clock eleven o'clock and on a Saturday, watched some glow and uh, yeah that's how we started our Saturday. That's wow that that that's really cool. Um, early memories watching it. Uh, your first thoughts watching an all women's wrestling program. Uh, this was your first foray as a fan into wrestling. Uh, what appealed to you about? Gorgeous ladies of but wrestling. But here's the thing that that, that that we could digress to that statement that that it wasn't that that you know what got me into Glow like Glow was my introduction to wrestling and mm -hmm. I just saw like all the flips and all this other stuff and like you know bad guys being bad guys getting booed in the theater and I always grew up in theater too. My sisters had beautiful voices. I, I have a voice of the devil, unfortunately, <laughs> and I can't act. I can't act. Imagine not bad at writing poetry and scripts for like a play or whatever. Not half bad, okay. but but uh, but my sisters were always good at singing and in plays and stuff like that. So theater has always been big, and my, even my mother, she was big in theater, and she was actually in a, an extra in a Barbra Streisand movie. I forgot oh, what it was. Cool. I can't say it. Can't say it on top of my head. But yeah, so acting, acting in theater and stuff has always been in my family. So. Wrestling, wrestling was just going hand in hand, you know, the man theater, you know. So, so yeah, we started our day watching Glow, and and uh, and then and and, um, and and yeah, that, that uh, that's really what got me into wrestling was Glow, absolutely. The appeal, though, like, was it like the athleticism? Was it the the sex appeal? Was it the 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 over the top? You know, like you said, 
theater and drama runs in your family? Was it like yeah. the over-the-top comedy sketches or the theatrics of it? I mean, it was very... Um, it wasn't what you saw in the mainstream in professional wrestling at that time based on my research and based on my recollection. You know, you had Jim Crockett promotions. You had the AWA. Mm -hmm. You had World Class. You had the WWF. You know, you had, you know, the, the some of the big territories at that time if you want to call them before it really you know it was like the start of the big boom in in wrestling in the 80s um that was more it was tried it, it was it was in some ways portrayed as serious you know mm -hmm. whereas glow seemed like there was more it, it wasn't an athletic competition at least from my perspective it was a a show what was what was about what about glow that just like made you a fan all right so every like i said that that, that uh, we always loved theater that uh so every character on glow was a character a gimmick that uh that that, that there was no you know here comes you know ashley smith our champion you know yeah. that, that that uh even if you had that a name like that you know like like for example tina ferrari right that that's ivory that that that, yep. that uh that uh and uh and even even her, even though that she kind of had like 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 a regular name, Tino Ferrari per se, you know. But Tense Ferrari, she was the Beverly the the Beverly Hills like girl, like you know, she's rich and she threw it in your face and and she's then the she wasn't a heel in the block. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 She wasn't she was... a heel by no stretch of imagination, but she threw she threw it in your face that she was rich. She wore the diamonds, the heel heel wrestler, of course, at the. Like in the middle of the match, always stole the jewelry to get yep. the upper hand on her, and like that. She was flashy, that, that, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like even like the even like the top notch talent that they had. I so to this day, I think Tina uh, Ivory was the only talent to make the WWE, but uh, I, uh, for Glow, but that uh, Tino uh, like um, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is like even the even the, the best talent that they had was it still had a gimmick on her. Very cool. Very cool. Now. Glow was created by David McLean, um, and he was a ring announcer in association with World Wrestling Association, excuse me, which was run by Dick the Bruiser. And according to my uh, my, my research here, um, the Bruiser wasn't really a big fan of women's wrestling, and uh, he advised McLean to drop the idea and because he saw women's wrestling as a novelty act. Uh, however, McLean went against his advice went to hollywood and uh took you know posted some casting notices in variety and then the hollywood reporter over 500 women showed up to the audition at the hyatt on sunset the first audition um was at gold's gym and about a dozen women began uh training in a gym for six weeks at 108th and broadway in watts los angeles california originally sue green i don't know if you're familiar with her very familiar with sue okay green, yes. she was originally chosen to train the girls but for some reason later mondo guerrero of the legendary guerrero mm. family was chosen um they brought in uh, Cynthia Peretti, who was known as Princess Jasmine, uh, to, to also do the training. And she, her character, she also por uh, portrayed a character known as Pepper. Uh, oh, I, yes, I remember Which you Pepper. might be familiar, maybe um, you're familiar with or not. Um, yeah. Give me a little bit of your recollection of, you know, the, the, the behind the scenes, if you will, uh, with David McLean and how he got Glow started. So you, so you mentioned Los Angeles. Uh, that, that, uh, like, like, I'll be the first one to admit, I don't know, 
like, you know, the executive producers. I know David McClain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. did. Not only did he just do Glow, he also did Pow yep. and Wow. Yep. He did all those, all those. That, yeah. that, that, he wasn't in the LPWA, but pretty much every major res, female wrestling promotion, he was a David McClain had his greasy paws in it, yeah. other than LPWA. But, uh, but uh, that, that I remember them being... Las Las Vegas. I I, I know yes. once they got everything started, they were Vegas. I couldn't tell you nothing about Los Angeles. Okay, but right. I, I know it was the uh, I, gun to the head. I want to say it was the Riviera Hotel. Yep, Riviera. That, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, that 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 uh, that's when they did the matches, and um, and and I and I and other than like the skits and stuff like that behind the scenes, I don't know. I'm not too familiar. So McLean had formed a partnership with a television distribution company known as uh, the Independent Network Incorporated, uh, headed by Lorimar Telepictures executive producer Irv Hollander. His previous credits included producing Gumby, which apparently was revived <laughs> around the same time. Um, and uh, Hollander had met Hollander had put. Um, McLean in touch with Meshulam Rickless, chairman of the Rapid American Corporation, a conglomerate of companies which owned the Riviera Hotel and Casino in, in, on the Las Vegas Strip. He arranged for Glow to be hosted from the hotel, and his firm was in charge of distribution, and McLean was basically the head of the venture. Um, Matt Simber, who recently directed the movie Butterfly, um, starring uh, Rickless's then-wife Pia Z- Zadora, was brought in to provide creative services and direct the shows. Um, now, out of the you know original girls that went to the first audition in Los Angeles, only about a dozen of them moved to Vegas, and uh, the rest of the girls were supplemented by local women who were actresses, showroom dancers, uh, a couple of Playboy playmates. Uh, uh, some of them were uh, lead dancers at the Tropicana. So, um, the glow is transitioning at that time. Like you said, you just really got into like when they started at like the Riviera in Las Vegas. Well, that's like what they, what they were going for more than wrestling. They wanted like that show atmosphere. Like mm-hmm. their wrestlers look like, you know, like the showgirls on, on the Vegas strip. So they, it's a, so you had these girls Beautiful as 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 the uh, as the as the the showgirls per se. Yep. And then, uh, and and you got some and you got some of these girls who really are athletic and they put on a good athletic show, and uh, the skits were like like the uh, like the skits were awful. Uh, that 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 some of these girls we even tell you looking back some of the skits were absolutely awful. But but like but All right, like right, give me give me an example. Give me an example of one skit that you thought was absolutely horrendous. I'd like to. I, I don't know personally, so yep. I'd love to get your 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 fan perspective on one of the worst, you know, vignettes or skits that you saw right. in Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. So, so so all their jokes were like knock knock jokes and just like really really lame stuff. And all and they had when they did a sketch that was supposed to be funny, they had the fake audience. It was super like the like the, the clapping exactly in the the, and, yeah, the, and, yeah. and the and the booing and the laughing. It's all fake, you know. Gotcha. And it was really really cheesy, Dave. Oh, man, that the skits were really cheesy. But the girls were drop dead gorgeous, and and you know what too though? It was the eighties, so we didn't really know a difference. Like who am I to say right? Right, these girls doing stupid corny jokes, and then the Ultimate Warrior going, you know, 
I'm gonna, you know, annihilate you, and your ashes are gonna eat you, and I'm gonna eat your essence, and all that other stuff. <laughs> and so it's like, it's not that much the difference. It was just, it was nonsense. But and of course, they needed an hour show that, uh, and the wrestling. I, the, the longest match, I guarantee, that whole entire show was ten minutes. Yeah. That 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 uh, uh, that uh, these four girls, you could tell they, the the trainers uh, that uh, that that uh, that uh, they they had their. They had their hands, uh, their, their, uh, you know, they, they, they had to do some hard work to get these girls ready. That, that, uh, they were finding it, that, that uh, these promoters uh, for GLOW were definitely like, all right, you're hot, we'll figure something out for you. No doubt now, do you think that these skits, no matter how bad they were, do you think that th- the, the skits pioneered what the guys eventually would do in wrestling later with, like, how they, you know, would tell a story? Like, now, like even up till nowadays, you get guys... The acting's not the greatest. It's okay, but you know they'll they'll set up a match, you know, in the backstage area, in the locker room, or even on social media. You know, obviously there wasn't social media in 1986 when yeah. this was going on. But do you think that you know Glow kind of influenced how wrestling and the stories were told I mean, like moving a, forward? A little bit, like, 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 like. Like, I know they always had the Piper's Pit and all that other stuff, but, like, for Glow, they would have, like, um... I remember a wrestler called Spanish Red. She was a heel. I mean, man, she was drop-dead gorgeous. And, uh... And, uh... And her character that, 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 uh... You know, the champion was this woman named Americana. Mm-hmm. So she was the... The Mexican heel, foreign heel, called mm-hmm. Spanish Red. And, uh... And um, and her skit was called the 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 Spanish Kitchen or something, or Spanish Red's Kitchen or something. And uh, she would be a server at a diner, and every time a guy would make an inappropriate gesture or joke to her, and she'll have a pine splashing in his face. <laughs> that that uh, that that yeah, that that, that so so like they had like recurring skits, which I, which I kind of like. But but there was also times where it just like it was just you know, they'll have like one of the wrestlers. Go 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 on, go on. Just tell a corny joke and just go on with it. And like, oh, this is stupid sometimes. But but I always enjoyed it. Glow seriously for what it was worth. I always liked they tried to. You felt watching it like you're watching like a Vegas show, and I always appreciated it for that. Now, like I said, it, you know, the show you know started in 1986, um, following the successful initial sale at the NAPTI television convention to 30 major television markets in the United States and six countries. McLean brought in Jackie Stallone, the mother of Sylvester Stallone, to play the um, television figurehead, the Glow owner, and the manager of the Good Girls, Kitty Burke, as Aunt Kitty. Uh, it was also the manager for the Bad Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about... Uh, Kitty Burke. All right, so so, Aunt Kitty, I remember very well. Uh-huh. I don't remember Stallone's mom at all. I okay. really don't. I don't remember her. Aunt Kitty, that uh, she was the Bobby Heenan of, of the Glow of Glow Wrestling. Okay. That uh, she managed every every time a bad girl went out, Aunt Kitty went out with her. Okay. That that, that doesn't matter if you're a jobber or a top heel, you came out with Aunt Kitty if you're a bad girl, and. Uh, and she just talking. She, I don't know what she was there for. That that uh, that uh, she never talked to, to my recollection. She never. I mean, sometimes she would like give a weapon to the bad girls or whatever, but she never like hit a, a good girl or nothing like that. To my recollection, 
she was always just there. I don't know what she, she, she uh, that uh, like the promo, like the promo spray, for example, uh, like going down the ring was always, always like the either the good girl or the bad girl, rapping to the same beat, mm-hmm. <laughs> going around be like, uh, like, uh, like you know, if you're, if you're like the, the uh, there was no one in the demolisher, but anyway, there you know the the good girls would rap around like you know, rap, rap, they always. It always seemed like the good girls were rapping, uh, 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 anything that rhymed with, with the word victory, because that would be like their final word. And the bad girls were always, always like destruction and all this other stuff. And so they were rapping about that. But anyway, it was always the same beat. It was never on Kitty like doing promos or whatever. It's like I never, I wasn't quite sure what she, what exactly on Kitty did per se, other than just going down the ring with the bad girls. Now, we discussed at the beginning how you got into wrestling because of GLOW. When did your your taste in professional wrestling expand? Um, you know, I'm guessing it was during this time. Absolutely. So when did you first... So you're, you're a fan of GLOW. You and your sisters, you watch yep. it every Saturday. Mom and dad workaholics, both yep. working. You guys are up to your own devices. You're getting into it. You're watching all the the, the 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 stupid you know the sketches and the the rapping to the ring and and things like that. And when was that moment that you changed the channel just to see what else was on and you found you know a different form of professional wrestling? I loved your terminology. Change the channel. That's the thing. I didn't have to. Ten o'clock. I want to say it was ten o'clock. Ten o'clock was gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Eleven o'clock was Superstars Wrestling. Okay. Same channel, everything. Right. It was. I, I just remember on the dial being channel twenty-two. That that I think that might have been a, a Massachusetts station. Okay. That, that that you go on the. We're in Connecticut, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. That 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 uh, that, uh, that uh, so that, uh, on channel twenty-two, that, uh, on the dial uh, that uh, in Connecticut that uh, at ten o'clock was Glow, and then eleven o'clock was Superstars and. And that's how I got into WWE wrestling. What was it like watching a predominantly male professional wrestling presentation as opposed to watching an all-female? What were your first thoughts? Um, that's a great question. That um, I just I, I can tell you I can I can tell you the glow never really made me say wow that what I just saw was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And I can remember in that same time same same time slot. When uh, watching watching uh, that feud with uh, my first feud I could really really remember WWE WWF was Rick Rude Jake Snake Roberts and I just remember seeing watching this unfold and be like this is absolutely amazing and that was all that was in the whole that same time yeah frame. now did you now watching that and still you know having access to to Glow was your interest decreasing with glow because of the the much more crisper much more consistent uh storytelling that wwf was putting out or were you still faithful to watching glow as well was it just oh well i got more wrestling to watch but here's the thing that um it's um it wasn't i never betrayed glow or whatever but wwe that uh like David McLean sooner or later left, and I forgot when. And, yep, I'll and, get into that in a yeah, little bit. So, when he left, that show really went... It was never that great of a show to begin with. Yeah. I didn't want to admit that. It, it was it was something... 
what he started was something amazing, but what what was actually on the TV was slightly less of that. Obviously, yeah. It says it, it's the, in the research here. Um, the the syndicated Glow TV show was produced for four seasons from '86 to '90. Seasons one and two were shot at the Riviera on Saturday afternoons with a casino crowd. McLean and the majority of the cast left the company in the dispute over the domination of the. Uh, the lowbrow, blue-collar, hee-haw-style comedy that um, Simber had infused into the show, who I'd mentioned earlier, uh, the gentleman's name was uh, uh, Matt Simber, who was the director. Um, and uh, McLean then started his powerful Women of Wrestling promotion. Uh, seasons 3 and 4 of Glow were then filmed at a former warehouse building approximately 3 miles east of the Riviera Hotel, which would then later become a Harley-Davidson uh, outlet. Uh, Simber casted new actresses to play the wrestlers, and they wrestled approximately 8 matches per live event. Um, so yeah, McLean left. And things weren't the same for you, but like you said, you never really abandoned Glow in and of itself. Um, tell me, uh, like you said, the sketches, they were really awful. You didn't really care for the rapping. Um, but that was still during David McLean's time, correct, yeah, if yeah. I'm not mistaken? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Simber, Matt Simber was really introducing more of this, and he was having more control over the show, even though this was McLean's uh, venture into uh the world of professional wrestling but you know you told me what didn't work for you as a fan what did work oh. from a storytelling perspective with gorgeous ladies of wrestling and that uh that uh, even though as a little boy you know when you see a beautiful woman and that yeah. uh that so so they did throw in the sexuality kind of in your face and then like yeah. like like 90 percent of these girls seriously could be could have been models absolutely okay and that that uh but above that, that that uh, they really did make make an, an intriguing story that 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 the uh, especially the heels you really hated them and like like yeah uh, you had uh, this Russian girl um, uh, uh, Colonel Naneshka that uh, uh, that uh, she was the top Russian heel and then okay. you had one even worse she was never the champion which made me sad that Naneshka was the champion many times but yep. this girl I'm referring to she 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 was the um, I know in Powell she was the um, the uh, the Syrian terrorist, and that's what they absolutely call they call oh it the terrorist. Wow! And, and, and from Syria, that's and, a, that's ahead of its time. I'm telling you, <laughs> and, and she she was incredible. Yeah. she really was. She was the, a good performer. She, she she wasn't she was she was not gonna like burn the flag or nothing like that, right? But she made it, it like really in your face. Like she cheated. She had a, this machete and she she hit people with it uh -huh. and like. And like she cheated every match, and she went in people's faces in the crowd. That that uh, she had the Syrian flag with her, of course, and yep. like uh, it, man, and um, and she acted like a thug terrorist, and, and like it was really good. The, the only tragedy was she then she never got the title. If she got the title, I think people would would watch, would right. If she could have had your Andre the Giant, the uh, 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 Hulk Hogan moment when when like. American, of course, we, yep. and she would wear the American or ring alpha, ladies and gentlemen, was the American flag. It was a catsuit American flag. Yep. And then you could, and then then Miss America versus that Syrian terrorist it would have been amazing. Everyone, and then that that, that uh, Glow thought it'd be a better angle to do Russia versus America. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, the best heel wrestler that was, at least for 
her acting and, and like you really hated her was the terrorist. So she was way cool. Yeah, not just, now what, yeah. now as a performer in terms of like her athletic ability, how would you how would you rate that? What, what, what? Oh, Nanishka was was by far the best. She did flips off the top rope. She did superplexes to to, to, to these poor the poor uh, face the face yeah. jobbers yeah. and like and and like you know what I like too about Glow like 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 you had mainstream jobbers that was the first people that really do that yeah, yeah I mean you had your Barry Horowitz in WWE but you had like these girls who had serious serious airtime. That was just strictly now jobbing. Were, now were they ki- now were the enhancement talent jobbers, if you will, were they character? Exactly, they have, they were characters. So they so had characters. So, by definition, so they weren't just like yeah. the normal, you know, um, jumping Joey Mags or you know, like you said, Barry yeah. Horowitz or yeah. Mike Sharp. You know, so they actually had care. So all right, yeah. so so give me some of the jobber characters that you can remember. Oh, gotcha. Um, that, that my, from Glow. That uh, my favorite jobbers that were a tag team. They were called the Southern Bells. Tara and Scarlet and Southern Bells. Mm-hmm. That, that a they were drop dead gorgeous, yep. and and they lost every single match. And that that uh, but nobody cared. And I think that's kind of every man's fantasy a little bit. To see the hot girl kind of get their ass kicked. Anyway, yeah. that's between me and you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 uh, and everyone I'm kicking out. Yeah, yeah. And they nailed that too. That, that yep. they, I mean, like they got like they would have these one girl. Dress up like a monster, right? Uh-huh. You're not. You, you don't want her to lose or whatever. You want. You want to see her to kick some your ass. Yeah. Then you got her against this beautiful girl. Goes out to the gym, has her six pack, but you know she's 112 because she's a you know lady. Then you got these girls who are 135 just squashing, squashing it. So I think that was kind of the appeal too. Kind of like you know, like I said, sexuality is obviously. Was I don't know if that was their main draw, but it was 35 percent. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that said, uh, Anyway, we're talking about like you know, um, so so you had the Southern Bells that they were my favorite. Um, you also had the California Doll. She was a drop dead gorgeous woman. Lost every match. Uh-huh. Um, um, and it, then I'm trying to think of the oh, but it, it, she was hilarious. A bad a heel jobber. Her name was Attache. She really was funny. Uh-huh. She cracked me up. Yeah. If, there's any, if, if I can employ anyone who really is serious about watching Glow and never had it, watch, start off with watching an attaché match. You would really find it funny. And she wasn't that bad in the ring, too. She she knew a few moves. That that that. Uh, but yeah, that uh, she was funny. That that. Um, um, I'm trying to think what other choppers there were, but uh, that. Uh, but uh, that uh, that. Uh, but Southern Bell's by far my favorite for sure. Yep, Southern Bell. Now mm-hmm. you said uh, you know the there was you know superstar jobbers, if you will. Um, you, you named off a few, and I remember hearing you know Southern Bell, um, and uh, you know, give me some of the characters that weren't the enhancement talents that you that you really liked. You know, baby faces, heels, whatever gotcha. the case may be, that um, really had an impact on you as a fan watching Glow. So I was the type of kid that cheered for Cobra, that cheered, but I, I know it sounds blasphemous. I was only, but I actually cheered for Sergeant Slaughter during the Hulk Hogan feud. Oh, I wow. always loved a good bad guy. Okay. So, so my favorites were the Colonel and the Shkas, the Attaches, the, uh, um, I mentioned her before, Spanish. Spanish Red was probably actually looking at it. Spanish Red for. What she brought to the table and everything was probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. That, that Spanish red was way cool. She was beautiful. 
she she said she had a great drop kick. She's the only girl in Glow that I thought had a good drop kick. That 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 uh, that that uh, that um, uh, so so she had, she was the top one of the top heels. Never, never to my recollection, never won the title, which made, which was an absolute tragedy. If you ever watched the original Glow, you will realize how important Spanish Red is. And as yeah. far as I'm concerned, every single season she was on that show, she never won the title. Absolute tragedy. That that uh, you got her. I remember this woman named Cordiva. Later on, she wasn't part of the original crew, but later on, Cordiva was this huge girl, six foot five. She was good wrestler. That, that um, um, what was her character? Um, she was. Um, so I don't know what that. I can't remember exactly what her gimmick was per se, but she. She. I remember she had a way cool entrance. She had this beautiful white horse, and she would come down the ring with the horse. I think uh, I saw that on the that, documentary. That, oh, it was way cool. Yeah. It really was. Okay. One of the better entrants Glow had. And, um, and, and, uh, yeah, she was that. And then I think she was like English. She had an accent. And then, uh, so her gimmick, I thought, I think it was like of like British royalty, you know, Gradiva, you know? Okay. That, uh, but, uh, she was cool. I like Gradiva. Yeah. Um, um, and then, uh, but yeah, there was actually, and now, now I was thinking about it when I when I originally sat here, I was thinking about season one. But after they kind of got it going, they really did have some good talent. They really did. Now, if there's, well, right, let's talk about the athletic ability, yeah. okay? Because Glow's not really uh, regarded as from other conversations I've had with people and and stuff I've learned about. They weren't really regarded for. The, the the women's athletic ability yeah um, and that's fair that is fair you know and it's uh, and it's not a knock by any stretch yeah. of the imagination um, but if there's if you could name one or more than one female from glow that could have made it outside of glow other than uh, yeah. you know Ivory yeah. who you know eventually became a, a WWE Hall of Famer earlier this year in 2018 yeah. if yeah, there's I, like, if, if I there, loved her golf clap here I'm kicking out it too um if there's more if there's one or more than one give me a few examples of of, of some of the women from an athletic standpoint and even from a character standpoint yeah. that you felt could have survived outside of glow maybe in jim crockett promotions or maybe in the world wrestling federation or world class or even the awa all right so the most common sense answer would be colonel lanichko okay that uh that that she had that look to her. She looked like she should be a professional wrestler. That that she was fit. Yeah. She was she she looked like you know Draco, a female version of Draco. Ivan Draco. Uh, oh yeah. From the Rocky she, seriously, yeah. absolutely. Okay. But the, what broke my heart though, believe it or not, she actually had one match. It, it was a, it was the AWA, and I wanted to see, yeah, it was a magnificent Mimi. It's the worst match she ever was in. The biggest. The biggest match of her life, and she botched it. She really did. Yeah. It, that that uh, it was against a magnificent Meanie. Mimi, Mimi, she and magnificent Mimi at the time was the champion of AWA. Uh, that, or at least she was going to. But I'm almost certain that she was the champion during this match. And at all, oh, man, it was a stinker. That Colonel uh, Nishka. She was. She wasn't called that. She was called something else. Yep. And she was a total no show for the match. And you actually saw. Yeah, you literally saw her career go down the toilet. Wow. Yep. Now, what, here's, here's a question I got for you. Um, and I'm going to kind of go back to this again. 
glow your first foray as a fan into professional wrestling what were your thoughts watching a women's wrestling match outside of glow your first women's to the best of your recollection your first women's wrestling match outside of gorgeous ladies of wrestling all right so that'd be mtv and of course be Randy richer versus wendy richter oh and uh uh, yeah mula okay absolutely that the that old spider lady yep. angle and stuff oh, like that. I remember watching yeah. that on MTV. The original, yeah. uh, the original screw job they call yeah. that. Yeah, it's, 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 I remember watching that. I was more into the glow at that time than any okay. Rock and Robin and all that. Hey, Rock and Robin though, that that, that that that's a name right there. I loved Jake the Snake Robert's sister. Yep. That that uh, that uh, that uh, that uh, she was way uh, getting off a of glow a little bit. That uh, she was cool, man. That that. Uh, that uh, I remember thinking to myself, like that's the type of people that need to be in Glow. It's Rock and Robin yep. and stuff like that. And, but and, and I just remember her doing that top top rope bulldog to Sherry Martell, and I'm like, this girl could go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. That, 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 uh, and it kind of made me sad. So 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 like like Rock and Robin, right? Mm-hmm. You know, gets released, sits in there on her butt. Why did I wish the, I wish Glow or whatever or Pow? It gave her. It'd be like, "Hey, come on, let's yeah. get aboard. We need people. Get someone more seasoned, yeah. you know, in the ring." So you weren't really impressed with uh, with Mula and Richter when you watched that. Like, um, being being you know someone who fancied women's wrestling. I like the story of the screw job. Absolutely, it breaks my heart if they, if you read the origins of the screw job that Randy Richter wasn't in exactly in. She wasn't exactly. She wasn't in on it. She wasn't in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. She was not. That in the was the loop. whole point of the screw job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Because she didn't want to drop the title, so they sent Mula in there to do the. Because yeah. you know everyone respected Mula, and and they knew that you know Wendy Richter wasn't going to fuck around with with Mula in the ring and 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 shoot on her. So that's why they put Mula in that spot. But yeah, you weren't really impressed with it. Um, not really. Yeah. And then, uh, I never liked Mula. Like like watching Mula versus like Sherry Martell and. But just uh, the presentation. No, with Macri's. That, that never, that never, that, that, that. The athletic ability didn't, like, I, their I, athletic ability compared to Glow's didn't really impress you? I mean. Despite Glow having, I don't know, think lacking that, in that athletic match, ability? Those matches, yeah. I mean, like, can Mula, okay, uh, Mula and her heyday, can she, could she go better than a Glow wrestler? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, but that was, was a different but time those matches, her. that's what I mean, it was a different era. Yeah. Those matches, like, like later on, I, I, I did, in Connecticut, you didn't see much of AWA, yep. NWA, whatever. But, mm-hmm. but looking at like you know, you know, look at Sharon Martell versus like Kenny Devine, you're like, holy crap! Yeah, the, these girls, can, these girls are awesome. You yeah. know, right, like I, I mentioned on your other podcast, one of my favorite all time wrestlers, not just female, just all time wrestlers, is Monster Ripper. But granted, she was in during the '80s. She was in in, in Japan. I, mm-hmm. I was not watching. No, nobody here was watching Monster Ripper yeah. or. or that um Ron is saying for some people yep, yep. that uh but uh Bertha Faye yeah Bertha Faye my Bertha girl Faye. my yep, girl my, girl one of my favorite Faye. theme songs of all time yeah. Bertha Faye <laughs> it really is people think I'm nuts but no. I put that as my top tw- in top twenty for sure but uh um but yeah that whole that whole era of women's wrestling for for, for America kind of did suck and I don't mean that 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 uh all the good women's American wrestling was not WWE. And all, and the the best in the world of women wrestling was either in Puerto Rico or in Japan, and mm-hmm. of course we weren't watching that. Yeah. Now, you you mentioned this kind of spawned a new question I have for you. You mentioned Rock and Robin, someone that you know you thought had the ability to help 
the in-ring presentation for a glow or for a a a, a, a pow is what you yeah. called it you know the the powerful women of wrestling um was there anyone else like in the industry that at that time that you thought could have helped like someone outside of glow help pre- help a better presentation inside of glow like oh. let's say for like for me like looking back on it obviously not because I was, you know, aware of it at the time, but I mean, you had your 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 baby dolls. You had Missy Hyatt. You had um, Precious and Sunshine, and uh, even you know Sherry Martell and Medusa, or you know Lunja Blaze, as she'd become later. Women like that, like who had some credibility, who had a fair amount, if not more, athletic ability than most of the girls in Glow. Do you think that those girls could have been all right? Two questions. Do you think is there anyone in particular that you, beside from Rock and Robin, that you feel could have fit really well in Glow and could have helped them? And do you think that the girls I mentioned could have been a good fit in Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Absolutely. So, so let's talk about Pal before. Okay. Like that before, yeah, yeah. That, please that, that, educate me. Like so, I said, so, you gotta. You're, so David, I'm, so, I'm driving. You're giving me directions. Pal, so, so right? David McLean. Made a uh, that 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 uh, made, it, 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 it thought up a great. I thought it was a great idea. Glow, I really did. Yep. It's different, whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The territory error. That I really think it could have. It, it was successful, but I think it could have been even more successful. Mm-hmm. Sadly enough, David McLean finally got it. He he finally got it in pow. Good wrestlers. And he got he got someone that fetish stuff where you got he got that one hot girl who never won a match and all that other stuff. That 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 he got the success of the reason why people watch Glow, but now now and now he had, now also he also had reasons to why people just watch wrestling in general and mm-hmm. Pow good wrestling. Candy Devine yep. was in Pow. Bambi was in Pow. Mm-hmm. Um. People might um, Peggy Lee Le- uh, 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 Le- Leather was in POW. Like you know, some some of these people who saw mainstream television yeah. were all, all in POW. Either tra- they, they train and they wrestle and all other stuff. You saw that product, especially number one. It was once again we go back to Ivory. Her yep. character in POW was called Nina, uh, Nina, and she was incredible. Mm-hmm. She she went from. Very pedestrian to a very very good wrestler. I, I implore anybody right, right now go on YouTube, do uh, Nina N I N A Pow, and just see Ivory go to do her thing. She was incredible. So with Pow, McLean realized he needed a good foundation for the promotion with more uh, emphasizing more on their athletic ability. Yes, but taking some of the elements that he created in Glow mm-hmm. with the characters and the theatrics and 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 combining that with the athletic ability. And, and, and that's what he was really intelligent about, too. David's like, how the heck am I going to get, you know, A, you know, women's wrestling is not that big of a draw. I mean, it's a draw, it's obviously. Glow is successful. Mm. But, but, but it's not, you know, this big entity. How am I going to get, A, compete with my baby, Glow, and get television time? He went to AWA Wrestling and go, hey... I, I want to do an all women's promotion. You guys, you guys, women's wrestling right now is totally crap. Mm-hmm. Why don't we partner? They're like, 
Really? Yeah. I, so, so yeah, AWA. The AWA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Holy shit! Yeah, I didn't know that. That, that. Yeah, you. This was when you had POW, not Glow, you, correct? Yeah, yes. Okay, that, that, wow. that, that, not it, even in my POW, notes. This is POW. AWA and POW were, had a partnership. No kidding. And, uh, yeah, the, you can see it. David Klein. Every now, and, every, it was rare, but every now and again, David Klein would actually commentate a men's match for AWA. That uh, it, it was rare. It was very rare, but he, yeah. Now during that time period was. Was Sherry Martell a part of AWA? And I, I don't know, but like I said, I know for sure Kenny Devine and say, in the same night mm-hmm. would wrestle for Powell and then AWA. And then do something for AWA? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that, a... that, um, I'm trying to think who else. Bambi was also did both, double dips. And, mm-hmm. uh, a Magnificent Mimi. I don't remember her ever being... I never I never remember her doing a Powell match, but she had to be because she was the AWA champion at the time. and. And like and like they had all separate divisions too. Like you had your POW and mm-hmm. your AWA women's division. How too. long? How long? Uh, how long was this partnership with AWA? I don't know. I like I said, Dave. I, I just I uh, that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm kicking out too. I really do have the strangest memories. I I can't remember. No, I just like, like structure. Your, your, your I just remember matches. I just remember matches. Yeah, of wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I don't remember structure and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. No, no. I understand. Yeah. No, that's all good. Um, and let me actually. I'll I'll scroll through my notes here a little bit and see, because uh, AWA is not here in my notes. That's yeah, look, for sure. That, uh, yeah, that, but yeah, that, that, that Powell, Powell and them definitely had a partnership. Yeah. yeah um, if you ever look at a Powell match, you actually you see it's like, hey, kind of looks like an AWA kind of kind of production, if you will. That's interesting. That yeah. is very interesting. Now. Uh, uh, you know, women's wrestling, like you said, wasn't a big focal point to many. It was car, it was garbage, it was crap. Um, Nina, or I'm sorry, not Nina. Um, Colonel Nunechka. Nunechka, you had yep. mentioned probably, aside from Ivory, was probably the one that probably could have stood out and done something. Outside Spanish of the red, business and Spanish, Spanish red, red too. That uh, the terrorist, she was too taboo. Yeah. I've never. That was even. Her character, in my opinion, was even worse than than the uh, than the Iraq than the Iraq sympathizers. Mm-hmm. I really do. That uh, her character was just really just be called the terrorist. You know, the Syrian terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> now, what what do you feel caused the demise of Glow? In, in the world, in, in in the landscape of professional wrestling. Do you think it was because at the time it was an all-women show and professional just, wrestling was all about, you know, the men at the time? Or was it was there too much wrestling out there? Uh, was it the, the over-the-top theatrics and not enough athletic ability? Like, what do you think caused GLOW to cease to exist? It could be a, a combination of a lot of things. Obviously, mm-hmm. when 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 Glow folded, what what did you say? It was nineteen ninety? Yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah. I know they did a show in ninety three ish, and that was kind of like you know, like was it like the, a tribute show. Yeah, exactly. Kind of that was yeah. the uh, last day, like you know, the ECW um, one like, night stand. stand. Exactly, that's what it was essentially. But uh, that uh, that um, Dave McLean left. Uh, there uh, that uh, that was the downfall of Glow, in my yeah, opinion. That, just, that that uh, the wrestlers, sadly enough, got bed, better when David Clean left, just just because you know, you know, it is evolved to be a better product, of course. But right. the, but that uh, once David left, that that Glow kind of sucked. And Glow was there in that, in my opinion. It's it's it. I don't mean to kick it that horse or whatever, but I don't even think Glow was even that good to begin with. Looking back, it was just the. Uh, 
the only thing out there that, that had that sort of niche. And that's why people were like, okay, mm-hmm. let's watch it. You know what I mean? You had four or five wrestlers that could absolutely go. But then you had 25 that were just, ugh. Now, in 90, I believe it was in 91, they tried to do, they, they put together a pay-per-view called um, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling Canvas Carnage, uh, which was uh, a pay-per-view special including clips from every performer in the company's history, and McLean returned to host the event. Um, there weren't any live matches. It was just kind of like a retrospective, kind of like what we're doing now, but in a little more organized thought and fashion. Um, you said that he created POW, and that was where he kind of realized, you know, with women's wrestling, like he needed a solid base and a solid foundation with the athletic ability. Um, talk to me a little bit about McLean's venture into women of wrestling, the Thanks. WOW. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that federation. Oh, are you talking about WOW? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. That, uh, no, I'm sorry, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, I, I had a brain fart. I thought you, no, I thought okay. you, I thought you said another acronym. And I'm like, I'm not familiar with that one. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, WOW. WOW, I thought was awesome. And I mean that. Top to bottom. Jobber to, to top heel, top face. Those girls could go. Those girls really knew how to wrestle. That was, that sadly enough... I want to. I bet you Powell had more than one season. I can't confirm or deny that, but I'm certainly that it did. So the best product he had only lasted one season. That that wow, and it was incredible. Those girls. Once again, they had Bambi. They had Peggy Lee Leather again, and it, they had um, their champion. God, I forgot what her name was. She was a flippy type of girl, but and she really knew how to. Her moonsault, the top, her top rope moonsault was her finisher. And it was beautiful. It was called the Perfect Ten. That I'm trying to think what her. Oh, I can't believe I can't think of it. Her arch rival was uh, Jungle Girl. But anyway, um, but uh, but yeah, they had some girls that could really, really go. Uh, that um, that um, Kate Heat was a uh, was their heel tag team. I was kind of like a it, it, that uh, there was almost like their Legion of Doom per se. Okay. That that it, it, that uh, and and their finishing maneuver, Kate Heat. Was um, uh, was uh, a top rope heart attack, and it looked beautiful too. One girl had the other girl, you know, uh, uh, you know, picked up, yep. and, and the other girl went on the top rope with a clothesline. It looked really good. It's called, yeah, it was called the drive by, and uh, and, and, and uh, it <laughs> was really cool. good. It I was like that. really I good. Like yeah. In your opinion, Dennis, why didn't Glow and women's wrestling as a whole not have a stronger presence in professional wrestling? In the 1980s, during the big boom. Oh, that's easy. That, that that that's for that's that's for everything. Everything, everything, everything always takes a back. Uh, women's sports in general always takes a back seat. And the one time that really broke my heart when Rome, like, like like for example, one of the greatest women's champions in anything is Chris Everett and and uh, and, and and women's tennis, yep. right? And and what what? How did Jim Rome get famous? By calling Jim Everett Chris, Chris Everett, Everett yep. right? And that's so belittling. Not, yep. not, not just to Chris Everett. That was on, but e- that was on ESPN. Exactly. Yeah, they call that. a champion, yep. a female champion talent. They call they call her. I would seriously. I wouldn't be if I was if I was Chris Everett. I'd be like, call me a champion. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that that that. Uh, but 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 that uh, he, he, he Jim Rome that day. Uh, put 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 Chris Everett's name in the mud and just ran and ran with it. It just just uh, 
It, that, that's just my opinion. It wasn't my opinion. It wasn't that that Jim Jim ever looked bad. Jim, uh, I mean Jim Rome looked like an absolute jerk. Yep. But it also made women's sports that day to me that that uh, that uh, that uh, will definitely got demeaning. I got shit. It was it was, you that, felt uh, it was like demeaning and demoralizing exactly. the women's sports. So you so you're saying and that, that was late '80s. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. That's what people thought of of the uh, of women's sports in general in that in that in that in that era that the women's 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 sports is a joke. I mean, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that was a. Excuse me, a society that we lived in at the time. Not saying it's right, and I don't agree with it personally, but um, you know, because we're a progressive show here and kicking on it too. But I mean, women in wrestling were relegated to, um, you know, being you know you know side attractions as you know valets. You know, I mentioned earlier, you had the Missy Hyatts and the Precious and the Baby Doll and Sunshine, Miss Elizabeth, Sensational Sherry, Medusa. You know, like women like that that that. Um, really brought the, the 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 sex appeal on a mainstream level even though like you had said earlier glow had a sex appeal with women as even though the athletic ability was the shits most of the time see i remember another federation that had jimmy hart in it and that was an absolute hot mess not the uh, south jimmy hart yeah that's south jimmy hart okay that i can tell you let me tell you a story yeah yeah let, go let, for let, it let, let, now, now we're really digressing i don't remember the resurgence of glow but I do remember this this poor kid. He's literally like twenty years old. Uh, they're not poor kid because because he's, he's from Minnesota. That 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 and he won and he won the lottery, hundred million dollars. Yep, give or take, whatever it was. Yeah, he won like. the lottery, and somehow some wrestling promoter got in got in his ear. It might have been Jimmy Hart because I know Jimmy Hart was like executive producer, and said, hey. If you give me this much money, we can. I got an all women's wrestling promotion. We can make so much money. Hand over fist. This kid's barely twenty one years old or whatever he was. You guys, I got exploited. That that uh, and um. Oh, I'm just trying to think what it was uh, that I'll never forget. It Jimmy Hart. It was it was all the every commercial. Was that? Where'd you? Hear oh, that I seen story? it. I saw the promotion. Oh, that, okay. that, that, and, and that was the whole. Oh, okay. And, and, I, and I read up on it, and when I saw it, and I'm just like, I didn't remember. A lot of kisses, a lot, you know, like the um, like the icon was like you know woman's you know when you kiss with the, oh, the lips, the lipstick. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to think what the promotion was called. I can't, oh, I can't think of it. You know it, it, it had Jimmy Hart, it had it had um, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, he was a trainer, and, wow. I, and I can't think of the promotion though. But that's the only promotion I can think of, like the early. Cause that was early two thousands. That was like two thousand three, two thousand four. I want to say. I ju- I'm I'm, then, lo- uh, I'm looking it up right now here. Excitement uh, Wrestling Federation. I don't think that was. What it was no, called, that was. Though. I'm sorry. That was. Uh, that was the venture with Hulk Hogan. Like after like um, WCW had uh, had folded, um, and they were doing stuff uh, for that. Here I'm looking on. Uh, I'm looking on. Uh, yeah, the, the, um, I'm yeah. on Wikipedia. It's not the best resource, I will say. Um, it just, for it, Jimmy Hart and Woman's Wrestling Promotion. Jimmy Hart. Yeah, I'm looking here. Uh, shoot, this, was this before or after WCW? Oh, this is way after. Way after way, WCW. Way after. I mean, this is like the last ten years, give or take. Maybe really? maybe okay. fifteen. Okay. Anyway, um, then uh, oh, I just can't. I can't believe I can't. Was it, it, was it like a? Was it a? All Woman's Promotion out of Minnesota. 
And then, um, oh, Wrestlelicious? Wrestlelicious, that's oh, okay, it. Okay, yep, yep, there you go. That's it. 2010. This, uh, oh, I thought it was way... Li- I'm sorry. My yeah, you had a tele- they had a television show on Mav TV, MAV TV, and Byte TV. Um, didn't really last very long. That was the only That was the only one that I can remember. And I'm sorry, I thought it was no, mid-2000s. No, no, dude, don't, please don't apologize. And then, uh, it said, uh, yeah, it it was bad. It really was. Yeah. But it had Greg name of Valentine as a of a trainer as a trainer, and yeah. uh, and Jimmy Hart was the executive producer. Interesting, very yeah. interesting. Now, uh, you know, you, you we talked off air a little bit um, about you know your feelings on the Glow TV show on mm-hmm. Netflix. Uh, you didn't watch a whole lot of. I only saw about three episodes. What'd you think? Um, it was okay. And then I liked I liked um. I can tell already that 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 they're not going to be historically accurate. Percent. Oh, of course, yeah. It's that, I thought they were going to. Why not? You have the glow name. Well, what what are there copyright infractions? I don't. Uh, I think. I think. Well, I actually just didn't want to. And upon doing my research, um, there was an interview with uh, Little Egypt from the original Glow, okay. and she she felt that. Um, the the she likes the, the the current version on Netflix and she she calls it a dramedy a dramatic comedy that's loosely based on the story because to her recollection as they were starting this and they were going through this process of creating glow and going through um, you know the 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 day to day she she recalls um, it being a very dark time for the women. Whereas the story that's being depicted on Netflix has more of a fun, upbeat kind of vibe to it. And it's something that like grabs the audience's attention. Whereas if Netflix were a hundred percent true to the story on how glow was formed and created and gone through that whole process, it would have been a very like sad and depressing kind of presentation that may not be as appealing to the casual viewer. <laughs> All right, Dennis. Dude, this was a lot of fun this week, and I'd like to thank you so much for joining me and educating not only the listeners, but myself on the origins and the backstories behind the original gorgeous ladies of wrestling. You dropped some knowledge. You, you brought it when it came to the knowledge this week, and I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And, man, I look forward to having you on again in the very near future. So thank you once again for being a part of this. This was awesome. And before we go home, don't forget to be interactive with us on social media, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two and our twitter handle at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two be a part of all the interactive discussions like for instance last week there was some fun banter that took place with the rest of the kicking out at two crew regarding the prospects of a macho man randy savage undertaker rivalry that took place on our facebook page that was a lot of fun that you can be a part of right now if you head over to our social media pages facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two and our twitter handle at kicking out to k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two hit the like button on the facebook page and give us a follow on the twitter and next week the my favorite series is returning with a little sentimental flair as we bring you a watch along on the wwe network from monday night raw october the 23rd the year 2000 why is it my favorite well It's my favorite episode of Monday Night Raw, or one of my favorites, I should say, because it was the very first time that all four of us Rosenbluth boys went to a wrestling event. I've been to a few. My brother Daryl had been to a few, but 
Justin and Zach, the other half of Team Rosenbluth, they had never, ever, ever been to a pro wrestling event or a WWE event. And my father took all four of us boys together, and it was a pretty fun show. It was the night after WWF No Mercy, and Stone Cold Steve Austin tried to run over Rikishi the night before. Kurt Angle won the WWF Championship. There was a lot going on in the World Wrestling Federation at the time. So heading into that Monday Night Raw, there was a lot of excitement amongst the four of us Rosenbluth boys and what we were going to expect on that edition of Monday Night Raw. So stay tuned next week. Have your WWE Network fired up, ready to go. Hit that mute button and listen to some alternative commentary on the Monday Night Raw episode from October the 23rd, the year 2000, courtesy of Team Rosenbluth. All right, it's now officially that time to put this show down for the three count. We have no more false finishes. There was not a foot under or on top of the bottom rope. There was no run-ins. This is going to be a clean finish right here, right now, in the middle, and we will see you all next week.